Uh, Sam Saggers here. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to our Sam uh, Real Estate Show where we talk about real estate questions which are on people's minds. Um, hey, this one's come through from Pratesh. Um, it's a good one. It's one I thought would be coming a little bit sooner, uh, but obviously it is an interesting question because we've had these debates about negative gearing for a long time here in Australia. Uh, and certainly over in New Zealand recently, there were some sort of adjustments to the way property investments were calculated or are calculated. Um, there's new variations to their sort of bright line test, which is basically capital gains tax, and uh, also how properties can be um, offset. And fundamentally, in New Zealand, um, a lot of the previous tax deductible expenses have been eliminated from the marketplace. It's still uh, some types of property like brand new properties where you can still get some tax incentives in New Zealand, but a lot of the marketplace has been ring fenced and is weeding out uh, some of the, the concepts around negative gearing. And of course, um, negative gearing is basically the, the idea that you can offset your tax um, by buying real estate and making a loss um, and then lowering your taxable income. Morning, guys. Yep, I'm on early today. I've got a few things to do in the city, so I've got to fight the, uh, the good old Sydney traffic. So uh, put on my little dapper jacket and... Um, about to jump in the car and head over to uh, to an appointment. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of factors here which are really interesting in New Zealand. <clears throat> New Zealand real estate, for the most part, is about 20 to 30% more expensive than Australian real estate. There's been some real supply challenges in the New Zealand marketplace. There is very little stock floating around. Um, there is a big concerted effort to supply the market, but there are a lot of challenges. Build costs are very high. Um, there's a lot of sort of earthquake-prone land in New Zealand, so the government and developers have to be very mindful of where they can produce large amounts of stock. So uh, New Zealand's been undersupplied for so long, like it's ridiculous. Um, I go to some of the cities over there and I'm just scratching my head as to where they're going to find real estate. Um, and so one of the challenges I guess governments have is the idea of creating affordability for home buyers. Um, and one argument is negative gearing gives investors a better opportunity to pay more for real estate than home buyers for the simple reason is because they're providing properties to the rental market, they can tax deduct um, some of that money back. So in other words, it's almost like an investor basically um, can mathematically make a property stack up easier than a home buyer, right? And so in New Zealand, um, because of the challenges of people being unable to buy homes, um, they've kind of abolished this negative gearing concept for the most part. Some new properties still get um, some tax benefits. So uh, what's going to happen in Australia? 
Well, uh, certainly it is, a, it is a conversation that sort of rears up every now and then. Now, one of the things we have in Australia, which is a bit of a problem as well, we have no stock coming through the pipeline. The big brownfield, greenfield um, stockpiles are just not being produced at uh, a faster rate of knots. And even things like apartments now are just falling behind. Um, and one could argue, I guess, you know, it is a lot quicker to build a freestanding house than it is a block of apartments. So um, we are seeing literally, you know, supply levels just fall off a cliff. So when supply falls off a cliff, the market usually also goes up in value. So that's the first challenge for the Australian government and state governments is there's just not enough, enough production of stock coming through. Um, so generally, to help stock production come through, you need investors because investors obviously provide a new layer to the marketplace to uh, produce that stock. And I think what one of the big challenges is here in Australia, if you meddle with the negative gearing rules, um, you're going to meddle with supply, um, which is going to be a big, big challenge. I think maybe, and we've seen this before in 2019, in a budget in 2019, um, the government sort of, rather than taking a sledgehammer to negative gearing, basically, um, you know, gave it a bit of a haircut. Um, and that last haircut was basically um, brand new properties get full depreciation and basically secondhand properties built after like, 984 um, get sort of part depreciation from the actual depreciation of the building. Um, I think we'll find that down the track, you know, there'll be another little haircut. But as we know here in Australia, the negative gearing uh, world basically went to an election and uh, Bill Shorten was probably his, his number one catch cry um, to get rid of negative gearing so that home buyers could get into the marketplace. And uh, obviously he didn't make it into power. And uh, if anything, you know, ScoMo did the Stephen Bradbury here in Australia and came from nowhere and sort of stole the election. Really, uh, when many, I guess, analysts look at what happened, it was the meddling of negative gearing, which kind of really did mess with people's mojo. But uh, here in Australia, in 2024, 2025, we are getting a, um, a new sort of tax system. So personal tax is being um, changed. So the winners are sort of people sort of earning between sort of, I think it's like 120 to $200,000 are going to go from a 37% tax rate to a 30% tax rate. And so what's happening here in Australia, the government is actually um, pushing through parliament tax relief. So we have more money in our back pocket. So in that example, that taxpayer is fundamentally going to have um, more cash flow in their back pocket. So then the question, I guess, rears up, well, at some point you have to push the button of austerity to 
do austerity? Where do you find revenue? Governments need revenue. Um, will they come looking in the Australian property marketplace? Uh, it's very possible. It is very possible. But as I say, I think it's going to be um, no doubt more of a haircut because the real challenge here in Australia is obviously no stock, which is a big problem. Uh, we've got low rates, um, so really you can meddle with the marketplace by putting the rates up, but that is not a government policy. That's uh, the Reserve Bank, and I think we're probably going to be in a low-rate economy you know, for the next five, ten years. Um, and if we look at some of the economies that have been stuck for longer than 20 years, um, there's plenty of European countries, places like Japan, that have had um, basically 0% interest rates for, for a couple of decades now. Um, so once you get on this drug being low interest rates, it's very hard to get off it because obviously that's a big um, rearranging of the economy. So uh, if rates aren't going to go up, um, well, that's a good thing for property investors because it costs less to own real estate. Um, if the uh, supply isn't coming through. We've, we're basically, it's usually a good thing for property investors. Um, so then, you know, how do you slow down the market is the question, right? Um, if you can slow down the market, you provide um, more opportunity for, for people to get into the market. The other challenge here in Australia is it really isn't investors even buying real estate at the moment. Uh, it is homeowners. Homeowners are pushing up prices. Um, so in New Zealand, it was kind of argued that investors were pushing up prices. So let's remove the investors from the marketplace. In Australia, it's the polar opposite. Um, investors still struggle to get property loans um, and get into the marketplace. So uh, it is home buyers pushing up values here, which is, which is also very, very interesting. So um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we've got uh, a few uh, headwinds, no doubt. Um, really, the only way to slow the property market is, in my view, to meddle with policy. Um, what that might look like, uh, I don't know. It's crystal ball stuff. Um, do you change the loan to value ratio? Do you, um, you know, do you make it uh, harder for certain groups to get into the market? Um, do you create, um, you know, incentives for other groups over? Um, you know, one group over the other, which we've seen. Um, but, yeah, like Australian property is is certainly well on its way to um, record highs and um, the slowdown of that has to come at some point. And so um, how will that be handled? Uh, I think you'll see a little bit of a haircut um, across a few things without the um, full you know, acts being taken to things like uh, negative gearing here in, a, in Australia. The reason is, uh, you know, um, the reality is Australia is also a bit different from a, a revenue point of view when it comes to um, the collection of, of money for states and territories. New Zealand, for example, doesn't have stamp duty. Um, so a lot of the money going out from the federal government of New Zealand wasn't being recollected through property. Um, here in Australia, we're already fairly heavily taxed through the property system. Um, if you think about things like land tax, uh, for developers, they've got GST 
to produce stock. Um, then you've got um, state taxes like you've got um, stamp duty. Then you've got council rates. You've got a lot of taxes laid into the property system. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's it's very unlikely in my view that they the government will meddle with it, seeing as a previous government um, or previous possible government lost power um, for doing that exact same thing. So uh, if you're not aware of it, yeah, New Zealand sort of has had to go through a bit of a restructure in the New Zealand economy to, um, uh, to yeah, to the property market there. And the interesting, like we run a business in New Zealand, um, positive real estate um, exists in New Zealand. And yeah, um, over there, you know, even the changes really haven't um, slowed the market all that much. There is still a robust amount of people buying real estate and understanding that real estate and the returns from real estate are just so superior to what you can get in the bank today. So I think that's probably the lesson here. When we look at real estate, um, tax is uh, a benefit, but not the principle of buying property. So we want to make sure we're choosing a property with a fairly good rental return today um, so that if anything was to happen, the property can stand on its own two feet and uh, without question, you know, basically um, perform well anyway. And what I mean by that, um, certainly here in Sydney, um, pockets of Melbourne, pockets of Mo uh, a lot of cities, you know, you're buying real estate on a 2% or 2.5% gross yield, um, which is, is uh, you know, once you take out your costs to run the property, your net yield is very, very low. So you're fundamentally negatively geared in the lowest rate marketplace the world's ever seen. So again, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, if you can be more neutral or positive geared, then really if there was some variations down the track when it comes to haircuts for property, um, you're really not that impacted because the yield is doing the work. Remember, there's three parts to the puzzle here. Puzzle uh, one is your tenant. They pay um, rent. The second part is the tax system. You can use the tax system to create cash flow. The third part of the puzzle is you. Uh, if you're putting the lion's share of the money into the real estate and your tenant and the tax system isn't doing um, the lion's share, then potentially you're geared in the wrong way. So really how you want it is your tenant doing most of the work um, tax is a benefit and you not putting too much in at all, if anything, or even receiving income from the real estate that you own. So uh, I better go because I've got to beat the traffic, but uh, I wanted to get in early today um, and just have this conversation. So i got to go. Hey, take care, everyone. Um, you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in, by the way, um, everybody, coming nice and early. All right, uh-huh.